Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Getting rid of unwanted items in our homes or offices can be tricky if you don't want to send everything to landfill or to a thrift store. Today's guest has created a solution that recirculates usable landfill-bound products by connecting them to their next best use. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review. So go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. If you're not already, be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured on the page. I love seeing what everyone's up to, their sustainable swaps, their outfit inspo. So I love sharing that on Instagram. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. It really helps to keep the show going on a consistent basis, and you'll get access to some exclusive content. A link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Today's featured Sustainable Brown Girl is Hannah Dara Dunwalla, founder of Rary, a platform that upcycles your unwanted items away from landfills and connects them to people and organizations that can give them a second life. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. Yay. So I always like to start with getting a little bit more about your background and how your sustainable journey began. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm Pakistani American. I was born in Maryland, um, and then moved to New Jersey, and then Pakistan. So hopped around in a few places. Um, but in terms of my sustainability journey, I, I feel like most brown girls will say the same thing. And it's that it started at home from like a very, very young age, with like our parents and our grandparents kind of just like, doing it in their everyday lives and not really calling it sustainability, just calling it the date, like things that you do day to day. Um, just like the reuse of things was like very, very common growing up. Like you don't throw anything away unless it's down to it's like absolute last fibers. Um, mm -hmm. But formally, I guess it started when I was in college. Uh, a friend and I started a food rescue nonprofit. Um, wow. And that's when I really started to get into it. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Tell me more about that food rescue. <laughs> Transformation was what it was called, like super long. Um, my email was like first name dot last name at transformation.org and it would take up like three lines. <laughs> like that was, 
a choice. Um, but yeah, it, it, we pitched it for a business competition, like just for fun, like neither of us were in this space, um, but we both kind of wanted to, to do something. And it was a social impact business competition. And both of us had come from like immigrant households um, where like you do not throw away food, like under any circumstance, like food is not something that you throw away. And we were at NYU and just like, we would go to these events and afterwards, like for lack of anything to do with it, people would just be like throwing it, like there would be a dumpster at the end of the table and everything would just be going in there. Um, And so we were like, why don't we pitch something for this business competition? And we ended up coming last. Like it was, there's a video of it that I actually saw recently and my knees are like (laughs) shaking. Um, But the idea was to hit like corporate cafeterias, event halls, um, like school events for all of this like prepared food that would otherwise be like thrown out. Um, We would match it with a community program and find volunteers to like pick it up and take it to them. Mm, Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Food waste. I think, what is it like 30 or 40% of all food is wasted? 40%. It's insane. And I think it could be more than that because so much of it is like not even calculated. Right. And so when we were starting that statistic, like wasn't around. Um, It was very, very early in the like food waste era. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's awesome that you guys decided to, you know, try to have an impact in that arena. (laughs) Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, wow, that was, we would like leave class and like go do these pickups and like the phone number for transformation was like our personal phone numbers. And so we'd be like, (laughs) hello. And they'd be like, is this like transformation? Can you come pick up and be like, yeah, let me just leave class really quick. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So apparently you were very like entrepreneurial minded. So <laughs> tell us like what led you to start Rary? Yeah, it, it's actually so funny because I never would have thought of myself like that. Um, it's I kind of just fell into it. Like, so we were doing transformation mm-hmm. and in 2016, my co-founder left. And so I decided to turn it into a for-profit and kind of standardize it a bit because it's like very difficult to find volunteers when you need them. Like there's events, there's probably like 20 events going on in like a one mile radius. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to find 20 volunteers that are going to like drop everything that they're doing. And plus like there was this whole thing that I started to realize that like just because work is good does not mean that it should be unpaid. Um, If anything, if it's good, it should be paid higher. And I just didn't feel right about like there's a certain population that's able to work unpaid um like unpaid internships volunteer opportunities and you're just like discounting a huge population that can't afford to work unpaid and so we did that and we were working in food for a while and then um the pandemic rolls around and obviously like after every corporate cafeteria has like cleared its deep freezer of everything that can be donated the work is kind of stopped Um, But at the same time, we started getting calls from retailers, from households, from our existing clients being like, hey, I'm getting rid of like 20 office chairs, or I have 4,000 books, or I have like a ceiling fan, or these really like random items. Um, And so they were like, you pick it up and redistribute it the same way that you do food. And so I was like, I guess, like, I don't know, like, I guess. (laughs) And so we started picking up stuff and it was amazing because I realized like what is the option like you have 
junk lugging, which costs an arm and a leg and it goes straight to a landfill, or you can leave it out for the trash hauler. Like you have this great group called Stooping, Stooping NYC, but like how much of things that are actually left on the sidewalk actually get picked up. And I started reading stats, like, like 25% of like all trash um, is actually durable goods, like usable goods. And then you start hearing all these things about fast fashion where they're deserts full of like sheen dresses. Um, And it's kind of like when you think about it, like if you have usable stuff that isn't trash that could technically be redistributed, the only options that you have is either figuring out how to take it somewhere yourself, which like transportation, a lot of phone calls, like figuring out the tax deduction piece of it, or you can leave it out for the hauler. And so I was like, okay, like maybe it's time for a pivot. Like, because there's so many people in food now, like it's so populated, which is great. Like there could be 20 more and we still wouldn't solve the food waste problem. Mm-hmm. But there isn't anyone in like the usable stuff space. And so I was like, what if we could be like a cross between 1-800-GOT-JUNK meets the Salvation Army um, and just like take these usable things that people are paying to have carted away by a junk lugger and just upcycle them instead to like um, homeless shelters and women's shelters and like community gardens and just places that can actually use these things. Um, And it caught on pretty quickly. And so we changed our name. We changed sort of everything about the business. Areri is actually, it's an Urdu word, um, which is our language in Pakistan. And it means a wheel cart. And it was the first form of upcycling that I ever saw where these guys would like take things from like trash piles in people's houses and then like go neighborhood to neighborhood, like selling the stuff. And so it was like the OG recirculating redistribution process that I saw. And so I thought it would be only fair that I um, shouted them out in our name. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love how you are incorporating your culture into your business. That's so cool. You have to, you have to, you got to shout out to the roots. Absolutely. So how does Rary work? Um, so it works kind of the same for for businesses and for households um Mm -hmm. so if you're moving out of your apartment and you end up having like a bunch of stuff that you're like oh i actually don't want this anymore you can use our app to schedule a pickup um you give us some information on like the type of stuff that you have send us pictures choose like is your load like small medium or large what time would you like us to come um and then you pay a small fee that goes to the driver um and the whole like upcycling process then we pick it up um we match it with a program that can make use of it so like it could be a marketplace it could be a senior center it could be like one of our many partners that we work with our channel partners Um, we upcycle it to them and then we send you a report on like where it went your environmental impact your social impact um, and sometimes we'll send pictures so that you know that like your stuff actually reached like like and it's being used by someone else because I know a big problem with some of these like goodwills and salvation armies is they really don't have any technology that they use like no inventory software or anything and so it just ends up being like a big storage room of stuff and a lot of it still gets thrown away um and so we're trying to not be that where it's like they have a tough job like I know that people give them everything and we found that out in the beginning too and so we started to be very specific about like the types of things that we take and do not take um but yeah want to make sure that like we're not 
creating more trash. Um, right. And then for businesses, it works kind of the same way where um, if they have like excess inventory or they have to take stuff off shelves, which is really common at like CVS and Walgreens, which we haven't gotten in touch yet, but like that would be my ideal customer. Um, and we take this inventory and it's like if you're throwing it away anyway and you're paying for trash, you might as well pay for upcycling because it'll actually be used by somebody else. And these things are like band-aids and tampons and like things that will always be needed. It's like it should be a crime to throw away tampons. Um, yeah. yeah. And then we've plugged in with some companies with um returns like as you know like if you return something with like certain companies it never goes back on the shelf it kind of just goes straight to the incinerator um and so we've plugged into if somebody is returning something it'll come to us and then we'll we'll upcycle it that's awesome i love the like the business aspect of it because like you said when businesses are throwing stuff away you know, yeah. it's usually things that can still be used and it's just, yeah. you know, going to the landfill and no one's able to use it. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's so amazing. I never thought yeah. about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I didn't think about it either. Like honestly, yeah. until like people started reaching out about it. And then yeah. I started watching these TikTok videos by the trash walker, Anna Sachs, um, who's, who's actually like a friend now, but like she would film herself like going into the trash bags outside of these places and just like the kind of stuff that was in there like outside of like Marshalls and TJ Maxx outside of like luxury brands like coach would like cut up their shoes and bags and like mm -hmm. CVS would throw out like like two bags of band-aids like and band-aids like don't even expire right but it's just like part of me is like can you blame them? Like, what else is there to do? Like, if you wanted to go in and set up a donation process, like speaking from experience, it's really tough to coordinate with like, like a nonprofit or a community program because they're so strapped for time and for staff and for cash that like sometimes they don't show up to pick up stuff. And so I think that's when I realized it's like this has to function like a business. Like we have to be as efficient as 1-800-GOT-JUNK or like yes. a junk but like at the same time that like piece of it can't go to a landfill it needs to be like by virtue of us just operating it needs to be sustainable um needs to be there as well and so we found this like hybrid model um that I'm really excited about because I think that like we're we're still pretty new we haven't been around for too long but I think that once it catches on it could be pretty big yeah so do you have a way of making money <laughs> Yeah. So right now we, we charge for pickups. Um, okay. and so based on your load size, um, it's either like a small, medium or, or large load. Um, we're trying to find a way to subsidize that, um, and thinking of different ways where we can like maybe tap into other revenue streams. Cause I want to make sure that like people who maybe like can't afford to pay it are still able to use it. And so one way that I've been thinking of doing that is maybe like tapping into property managers. And so the building, like I envisioned there would be like a bin for trash, a bin for recycling, and then a bin for upcycling. And so the same way you get those picked up like once a week, we would come once a week to all these buildings, the building would pay for it. Like if they charge like $2 a unit per month or something like that, like something really, really minimal, um, we could just make it a building amenity that's offered to, to tenants um, so that they wouldn't have to like the onus to like 
do this wouldn't be on the person, it would be on the building. And yeah. now, yeah, like as I've been walking around, I see all these buildings that say like green amenities. So I'm like, what does that mean? Like maybe we can like tap in there or something. Like any way so that like the average person doesn't have to pay for it. Businesses can pay for it though. They can definitely afford to. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, let's be honest, businesses are mainly the main contributors of trash you know <laughs> yeah and, and it's like instead of having like a whole campaign about like how sustainable you are just like integrate these practices like the best way to show that you're doing something is by like putting your money where your mouth is yeah. um and I think like we spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on like earth month um just to like create reports and like public facing materials but it's like when you look at what the business like how it actually functions there's so many places where like they could improve especially on the sustainability front and so what i try to say is like you know advertising is important but if you're actually doing it like you'll have more to advertise like it wouldn't be such a reach yes that's so true yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, a, I know I've, I've become like really straightforward with them. I'm like, you know, but at this point I've been doing this for eight years, <laughs> you're going to come back. Yes. Right. <laughs> so what did you study in college? Like, have you, has your education prepared you for this? Or are you just kind of going with it? Oh my God. No. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I studied like, so like I was at this, um, the School of Individualized Study, which is you like make your own major, um, which is great if you know exactly what you want to study. But I was kind of, I like didn't know. I thought I wanted to study politics or international relations and become like diplomat or something. Um, but yeah, I, I studied a lot of politics and economics. And so not, um, not this at all, but this actually started while I was in college. And so yeah. I feel like most of my attention was sort of shifted towards this space. Um, and for me, the best way to learn is just to do. I'm not a great like classroom learner, um, but I do wish I took more advantage of like taking a cl classes that were about this. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, it's already happening. Like I, I can just experience it in real life, but then had to do a lot of like research and like studying about it as it was going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, just going in and doing it is is a really great way to learn. I'm sure you've learned a lot by doing that too. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my my grades will tell you how much. I oh no, about politics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it wasn't too bad, but like Pakistani standards are like for grades. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I can imagine. So. Obviously, like Rary is helping to promote more of a circular economy where like right mm -hmm. now when a brand will say CVS throws away band-aids, that's like more of a linear economy. So mm -hmm. can you tell us more like what the difference is between the two and like how Rary is trying to transform that? Yeah. So like linear economy, like is exactly what you said. It's like make use trash. Where it's like there's one use for something and if we don't want it then nobody else is going to want it there's no way to recirculate it it goes like straight down circular economy is sort of the awareness that there is a second third fourth use for a product um, for something like band-aids it's like make 
like if CVS doesn't want it anymore, like redistribute. But for things like clothing, durable goods, like appliances, like things that people throw out a lot, um, just knowing that there is like a second, third and fourth use where the thing that should be going into the ground, like into landfill should be fibers of a thing. Um, if something is still usable, there is a use for it, whether it's broken down into raw materials for something else or just used by someone else. Like if there's like a sweater that's like been used by a few people, it can keep going until it's actually like not usable anymore. And so it's like the reuse, recirculation, it literally is like a circle. And there's like multiple circles inside the circle, which is our logo. Um, but it's kind of like just showing that like, it's not just like reuse, it's like re reform it, like restructure it, re everything so but it like keeps it out of the ground so it's not going like this it's going like whoop, like swooping past landfill and just going back into the ecosystem in some way or the other um which is it's just a concept that I feel like so many of us were just raised with um where it's like if you don't want something like go find someone to to take it from you like especially in Pakistan it was very very easy to just like step outside and find someone that could use your stuff mm -hmm. um but now the circular economy and there's so many like businesses popping up around like circular systems. And it's good to see that like, we're starting to realize that there needs to be a system around it where it can't just, it can't be so ad hoc. Um, and ad hoc is great. Like you have like um, those groups, the buy nothing groups and you have like stooping and you have all these things that are so fantastic, but like, how do we, systematize that and make it so that like if someone doesn't want to put in any effort just by default there is something that they can use to take it off their hands so that it can happen anyway because there are like groups that like take a ton of initiative they're really good with like redistribution recirculating but like I'm trying to figure out like how do you hit those people who don't want to do it and how do you make it so so easy for them to get involved in it that like it's a no-brainer yeah yeah absolutely so is um is rary mainly based in new york yeah so right now we are um i'd like to expand fully in this market before we go elsewhere um but i feel like it's i feel like it's coming i feel like it's going to be pretty soon um miami is a market that we're looking at um and then uh yeah, a few more on the East Coast before we start going West. But I think New York, just given like the density and how close everything is, it's really yeah. easy to match. And I want to make sure that we don't keep like vans on the road for too long because that again, like it's, it's, I'm figuring out like how to make all parts of this sustainable and like not contribute more to like emissions. And it's, it's tough. And so here it's, I found it to be easier because you can use electric bikes. Like you can use cargo bikes. Like the distance that you travel is pretty short. Um, and so trying to figure out a way that we're not like when we do expand, we're not about to like for like a few t-shirts, like take a van and go like an hour away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Cause I live in Atlanta and it's like, things are so spread out. We don't really have, I mean, you know, of course there's the city, but outside of the city, it's just like difficult to get to places, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to. So in the city, have you got to 
like drive or is there public transportation? There is public transportation, but it's not very reliable and you know, it's, it's not everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't imagine having to drive here. I feel like sort of the benefits of being here. It's like, I don't have to sit behind the wheel of a car, like unless it's our van Uh a million times. I've become like a professional at driving van on like really, really tiny streets. Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. So other than expanding and working with more brands, are there any other plans for Rary? Yeah. Um, so I think I would really, really like to tap into the CVS Walgreens type yeah. type thing. Like I think things that are like easily redistributable mm-hmm. um, is definitely our next step, but continuing to plug into like returns, um, getting in touch with more businesses. So if anyone watching this has any businesses that we should be working with, like, please let me know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I envision us being able to work with like products that need repair, um, things like electronics recycling. I want us to be kind of like a broker for all things that people like other than trash and recycling, like, please don't send us that. Somebody sent us like a bag full of like empty orange juice bottles. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I had to laugh. I was just like, you know, like, um, but it's, it's like, it's good to know that like people are like wanting to send their stuff somewhere and make sure that it gets reused. Like we got a bag full of foam fingers, like who knows (laughs) what we're going to get, but I envision us being able to, to work with any type of product. So we'll be like the broker for usable stuff. And then we can eventually like channel it out to like places where it can actually be used where they need it. Like, I love the idea of like having this large of an inventory where like, if there are people who are like moving into their first homes, like previously incarcerated people who are just like getting out, like, I like the idea of like being able to offer like a pre-loved option or like, it's becoming such a big thing, like pre-loved, vintage, pre-owned. And it's like, I think it's a market that's growing really, really fast. And that the kind of inventory that we're going to be having will be such that like we can really like redefine shopping in in some way um I love the secondhand market like I think you can find much cooler stuff like I think buying new is like you can buy new but I think you could find like more interesting things if you buy pre-owned um yeah and so there's just I feel like I'm sort of jumbled about it because there's so many ways that I think that it could go um but yeah those are the main ones yeah. Do you ever have a hard time finding homes for things like the foam hands? <laughs> Those we still have. Um, so when we get things like that, we've realized we can reach out to artist groups um, okay. to see like, do you need raw materials for for anything like if we and we're starting to do like a mystery bag um so for artists we're like we'll send you a mystery bag and if you can make something out of it um like make it and show us and we'll like feature you on our page and so we're trying to figure out to use things that are a little more niche like once we got like 20 30 yards of astroturf and so it's kind of like that we ended up finding a place for in the Bronx, it was like a school that that used it to build like a sports pitch um, in their backyard. And so it's like, we've, till now we've found a use for, for everything, but I think building out the technology that would help us 
match easier, which is something that we're working on now, where um, part of it is still quite manual, where there is some like phone calls that we have to do. But I think uh, like a next step for us would be building out some tech on the recipient side so that like if there is like maybe they can shop online, it could be like an Amazon store type thing where it's like we're not calling being like, can you take 20 bottles of shampoo? Like it would just be like they would go shop for things that they want. Yeah. So it would be like another customer on that side as well. Like actually having the agency to like go on and pick like I need these things. I can probably find them on this marketplace. Um, so yeah, I think that would help a lot with like the niche goods. Um, Cause I'm sure like, I truly believe that there is like a use for everything usable. Yeah. Um, and the hard part is just finding it. And so hopefully like building out the tech piece of this is really going to help us like streamline that, that part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That would be yeah. great if people can just like go on and be like, oh, I'm looking for this. or just kind of scrolling through, you know, like on a buy yeah. page or like Facebook marketplace, just see what's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, like coming across like 50 foam fingers being like, oh. I would love that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm sure that'd make your job a lot easier too. Yeah. Yeah. Where it wouldn't be like, we wouldn't have to have someone on the phone all the time where it would be like a self choosing, like people can pick what they want, which I like that idea better. Cause like oftentimes these groups don't have, like they get phone calls all day being like, can I drop off like 15 bags of clothes? Like, can I drop right. this off? And so I think it would be nice for them to be able to choose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have a, um, like a warehouse where you keep things? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Okay. Um, yeah. And so we've been able to get things in and out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is getting to the point where we're needing to like expand it. Cause we're getting a lot of furniture, which yeah. we throw out so much furniture. It's right. Insane. Um, and so, yeah, like that we've been able to get rid of pretty fast, but just, yeah, we're definitely going to have to be expanding pretty soon. Awesome. Oh yeah. my gosh, Hannah, that is so exciting. You are doing such amazing work with Rary. And I know that you're like <laughs> filling this need and keeping things out of landfill, which is so important. Oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's like, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's like, there are days yeah. where I'm just like, why, why? <laughs> well, let everybody know how they can support you, where they can find you online and all that. Yeah, so you can go to our website, rary.co, um, or our Instagram, rary.co, or a TikTok, rary.co, which is not run by me because I don't have enough creativity to run a TikTok. Um, but yeah, if there's any businesses that you think we should be working with, if there's just people that you think we should be talking to, our main goal now is to just get this out, like get word of it out because everybody that's heard about it has used it. And so it's just like, if, if there's anyone that we should be working with, if you want to write about us or anything, we're just trying to get out there. And so feel free to, to, to reach out to us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Please support her. However, plug. <laughs> mm, definitely. And our last question is, what does being a sustainable brown girl mean to you? I thought a lot about this question, actually, because it's like, it's a good question. Um, I think it means like being conscious that like you're, that you and your actions are part of like a bigger whole, where it's like the things that you do, even if they like don't affect you right away, can like affect an ecosystem and that we are part of an ecosystem. And so I think it just means like living consciously of other beings, like whether 
like human beings or plant beings or like ecosystem beings. It's just like living in a way where you're aware that like it doesn't stop and end with you. Um, it's just like you're you're part of like a greater whole, uh, which sounds so cheesy, but I like really believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, Hannah. It's been such a pleasure having you on. I loved it. Thank you so much. And it was so nice to meet you. Yay. If you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.